0: Support for this show is brought to you in part by Constant Contact. If you own a small business, you know well that success is all about relationships. That's why Constant Contact's email marketing makes it easy to connect with new customers and stay in touch with the ones you already have. See how you can be a marketer with a free trial at constantcontact.com podcast. Welcome to the Ziegler show episode 453 in today's show we talk with Ray Edwards renowned communications strategist copywriter author and speaker if you have any involvement in selling a product service or message or yourself you really need to listen in most people commence to marketing and skip over the very thing that makes marketing efforts successful All that effort to drive people to your offer only to fail because the offer does not connect. So we walk in this show through a step-by-step formula that Ray developed that is just profound and, and nearly guarantees connection for the folks who really need what you've got to offer. So I'll give you more details in just a moment. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table.
2: Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Kevin Miller, your host of The Ziegler Show. I've known Ray Edwards' name for a long time. It seems every big author, speaker, and business personality is connected with him and promotes his skills and utilizes his skills. Uh, Primary one is copywriting Uh, today. Most of our marketing is driving people to a website on that website. Does the copy follow the necessary formula to connect and compel people? Chances are it doesn't or, or it doesn't fully, which is why Ray has worked with Fortune 500 companies with some of the most powerful voices in leadership and business. His clients include New York, New York Times bestselling author, Michael Hyatt, author of Platform and co-author of Living Forward, who we've had on this show. Tony Robbins, author of Unleash the Giant Within the Money, uh, Master of the Game. Jack Canfield, and Mark Victor Hansen of Chicken Soup for the Soul fame, and many more. Ray's copy and marketing expertise has helped sell an estimated $200 or more in products and services. His company, Ray Edwards International Incorporated, offers copywriting, consulting and coaching, product launch management, training, and instruction. You can connect with him and hear more, which you're going to want to after you hear the show, at rayedwards.com slash zig. So today in this show, we go through a seven point formula that all our content should follow if we want to sell the folks that we drive to our business efforts. And I have to tell you that Tom Ziegler and I were wowed and will now be using Ray's formula for all our content offerings. When you hear the specifics, I think you'll understand why it will resonate with you because you'll fully relate to the concepts because you'll, you'll realize you are compelled by the formula yourself as I was when I heard it. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. That is what has made me buy before. So you're going to enjoy this here. I bring you Ray Edwards, Tom Ziegler, and myself, and I'll warn you, you're probably going to want to stop and write this stuff down. Well, Ray Edwards, what a gift to have you on here. You have come so highly recommended. I know you from my dad and you've done stuff with uh, Michael Hyatt and they said, we need to get you on this show. Actually, it was Mark Tim, our Ziegler family CEO that said, we've got to have you on here. So now that I've gotten into your stuff, I'm honored to have you here with us today.
1: Well, it's my honor. I'm I'm very excited to meet both you and Tom and to be on the show is just such a such a cr- tremendous thrill for me because Zig played a key component in my life and in uh, my my approach to business and success. Uh, I I was, I guess I was about 14 or 15 years old. My mom took me to a, a uh, the first self improvement seminar I'd ever been to, and it was the speaker was Zig Ziglar, and I got my first uh, set of audio tapes there. I listened to them a, a dozen dozens and dozens of times over, and then after that, I, I picked up uh, secret uh, See You at the Top and Secrets of Closing the Sale, and I must have listened to the Secrets of Closing the Sale tapes a thousand times, until I wore them <laughs> out. That's how many times I listened to them, yeah. so uh, I treasure Zig and his wisdom and his legacy, and so it's an honor to be here. You, you know we have those on MP3 and CD <laughs> now, so... Yes, I, I have since updated. Uh, I'm no longer a cassette tape man. I've gone all the way to MP3s now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Those, those awesome. little cassette tapes have got to be worth a lot
1: these days. If I'd only known, if I'd only known that was going to happen, I would have kept all of them.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, Ray, as I talked to, uh, told people about in the intro, you do a lot. Uh, you cover a lot of ground, but in looking over your info, I was really just enamored with an article that you had written uh, called uh, get more sales without being salesy. And uh, it went through. Of course, being a Ziegler show here, we hit sales a lot. That was one of Zig's favorite topics, especially from a professional standpoint. And we have so many people on the in this audience. We've done surveys actually. and So many that are either in sales positions, own companies, and the vast majority are directly. Uh, connected to sales in some degree. And you break this down in such a great way. I wanted to go through the article. And folks, again, you can find that article at rayedwards.com slash get dash more dash sales. So you can go through it there, but we're going to tell you where you can engage more in that message uh, in a little bit as we go along here. Well, so diving into it. Uh, I want to hit it right from the top. And you said in the article, you start off by saying, you can have, uh, you, this is where you had me at hello. You could have the best weight loss program, the greatest productivity training, or the tastiest coffee shop in town and still go broke. doesn't matter how good your product or service is. It won't sell if no one knows about it. it hopefully we would, we would think that most people understand that concept, but then you go on to say, it won't sell, even if people do know about it, but don't know why it's right for them and how it will benefit them. And on the face you know, value of that, right off the cuff, I would say, gosh, it seems like an elementary statement, but I assume you put it there because you see people violating this reality over and over again. Tell us about that.
1: Well, I think what happens is we get enamored with our own product, our mm-hmm. own service, and we love talking about that. And we forget that for the person listening, That's not what's important to them. Our product or our service is not important. What's important to them is the pain or discomfort or problem as they're experiencing in in their life. And they're looking for a solution, for help, for somebody to come along and solve their problem. And so we have to speak to that. And we're speaking to a person. uh, I use an acronym to describe this process called the PASTOR formula. And I tell people, I'm not suggesting that you become a preacher Unless you're supposed to become a preacher, then I think you should definitely do that. But, um, I even have, it's interesting now. I even have pastors who use this formula for crafting their sermons each mm-hmm. week because you start with the person that you're speaking to. Who are they? What are their, what is their problem? What is the pain that they're experiencing in their life? And how does that look in their world? And how can you describe it in their words so that when you speak about the problem and the pain, their response is, yeah. That's exactly how I feel. That's the first time anybody's really put it into words. This person gets me. That's the reaction you want.
0: Well, and I'm I'm literally going to have us go through that article and go through pastor, go through each one of those because I got some questions on uh, on each piece of that. You know, starting off just hitting so yeah, ten thousand. Foot view perspectives on what you wrote. You make the distinction, and again, this is this is as you're going into the pastor uh, analogy. But you make a distinction between marketing, which you say is where most people begin, and copywriting, which you state is what so many skip right over. So, give us the core purpose or the differentiation of copywriting that it's not mere marketing.
1: Well, in 1904. 1904- there was a gentleman named John E. Kennedy, and he was in the headquarters of the largest advertising agency on earth. He was speaking with the most influential advertising executive on earth, a man named John Lasker. And Kennedy, who was unknown at the time, said to Lasker, he had the, the, the audacity to say to this powerful advertising giant, you don't know what advertising is, but I do. And Lasker said, okay, tell me, what is it? And Kennedy said, it's salesmanship in print. And that's what copywriting is. Marketing is building awareness and crafting uh, uh, an awareness of your product and the identity of who you are as a company. But copywriting is salesmanship in print. And these days, print can be print on paper or it can be words on a screen on your website or it can be video. I mean, people say to me, well, you don't need copywriting if you're going to do video, do you? Or if you're going to do speaking from a stage. And I ask them, well, it depends. Do you want to be prepared or do you just want to do it off the cuff? If you want to be prepared, you're writing the copy before you speak, before you get on video, even if you're only making out the bullet points and setting up the sequence. There's a, there's a sequence to effective, persuasive communication, something we know from Zig's legacy so well. But, uh, and for me, that's the root of many of the things that I teach and share with people about copywriting are rooted in Zig's teaching about selling and serving, being of service to people.
2: Yeah, let me just jump in here, because I think you're you're hitting on a principle that I saw dad uh, employ and use all the time. Dad never judged the audience, whether it was a group of 20,000 people or two kids sitting at a table. And he never judged them and got discouraged because they had a short attention span or uh, they were in a different wavelength than he was or whatever. His only thought going through his mind was, how do I connect with them that gets them to take action? Because that's when life change happens. So if everybody who's listening, uh, we might be using words like copywriting or marketing or sales. Don't let that discourage you at all. In fact, if you're, if you're not in it, maybe that's the reason you should get fired up, because every single day, every one of us as we talk to people, we want them to take action for their own benefit so that the world's a better place. So we could be a staff person at a large company. We could be a mom, you know, with kids in the car going to soccer practice. We could be doing anything. And so what I get excited about a formula like this, because what it does is it helps me uh, show someone else without them Uh, throwing up those walls of resistance. Hey, this is the best way to go. And then the job is so much easier.
1: Absolutely. And another reason I chose the word pastor is because the original meaning of that word is to shepherd. It didn't originally mean to be a preacher. It meant to be a shepherd. And what does the shepherd do? The shepherd cares for the sheep, protects them from predators, makes sure they have food and water, and leads them by the still waters and into the green grass. And, you know, we know culturally, we know the story from the great storyteller (laughs) himself— that the, the great shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. And if you take that approach to selling, whether it's through copy or through personal interaction or through speaking on video or from stage, if you take that approach, you will never be manipulative or pushy because you're always looking out for the best interest of those you're shepherding. Right. And when
2: you, if you're going back to the pastor roots, you can even go further back into Hebrew, which is kind of one of my hobbies right now. And I've used this before on the podcast, but Uh, One of the words in Hebrew for sales is a very high moral word. It has a lot of of, uh, moral standing. And what it means is to anticipate someone's problem before they have it. Wow. In other words, what you're trying to do is look in the future and help them avoid pain. And, And so what a great moral calling it is to connect with them where they're already in a little pain or they can see the pain coming and let them be drawn into, wait a second, maybe there's a better way. Maybe, maybe I don't want a root canal. Maybe I should brush my teeth instead. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: so I love the shepherding. I mean, Tom, you talked about connecting with people as a core part of Zig's message on sales and Ray, you're talking about shepherding and really caring for someone. And yet you also, in the article, you talked about copywriting as being an, also an, an aspect of, of persuading people. And I think when people hear sales and persuading, they often get that negative connotation. So take shepherding, connecting, and then persuading and help reconcile that in folks' minds.
1: Well, I think there's the the difference that people are, are sensing the, the, cognitive dissonance is the difference between persuasion and manipulation. and, we know instinctively there's a difference, and the best indicator for me is one of intent and what comes after. If I persuade you to do something that's in your best interest, later you will celebrate that decision. If I manipulate you into doing something that's in my best interest but not in yours, later you will regret that decision. And it's also a matter of external pressure versus internal pressure. Like externally, I may be tricking you or pressuring you into deciding something that I want you to do so you can, so I can put money in my pockets. And that feels weird and unnatural and wrong to us. We all sense it when somebody's trying to externally pressure us. Internal pressure, I believe is what is what Zig taught so well is opening people's eyes to the, the fact of what's going to happen if they don't solve the problem. And that builds up a pressure inside the person that comes from them that says, Oh, I need to do something about this. I don't want the root canal. So maybe brushing and flossing is a good idea after all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, so in this, so you've hit on pieces that I want to dive into now. So we're going to go through pastor. So folks, again, in this article from Ray, this is an, an acronym and ultimately a formula that he's giving for your copywriting to help people obviously get sold on your product or service if that's what they need. I want to just real quick hit on formula uh, that is so important. I'm a guy who's been involved in business my entire life, in marketing and in sales And I have so many times, uh, unbelievably to myself in retrospect, violated this because I get excited, just like Ray talked about, about my service, my product. And I talk about it and how great it is. And I forget the formula that we're going to go through here. So just like a formula, if you want to gain muscle, there's a formula. You don't just go happenstance into the gym and just go nuts doing anything. You do some specific things. This is one of the more brilliant formulas I've seen on, again, copywriting, which Ray is putting before you go out and blast the world with your marketing. So starting off with this acronym, Pastor P, he says is for problem. And I'm just going to read a couple lines. He says, you must begin by identifying the problem that you are solving. The simplest, most effective way to do this is to describe the problem in great detail. So Ray, do you find that we in business tend instead towards you know, trying to connect as I was thinking about this, that we often, I'm often prone to connect to desire instead of the problem. Do you feel like it depends on the product or service you have, whether you're going to lead with problem or desire, or do you really feel like no, pretty much with everything across the board, you're going to be best off to try to find a problem and and focus on that.
1: It's a great question because I think we are attention machines. We're, we're focused on what has our attention right now at the moment. So we're not, nobody wakes up in the morning. Well, I won't say nobody cause I don't know this for sure, but I think most people don't wake up in the morning. And the first thing that comes out of their mouth to their spouse is, you know, honey, I, here are some of my great desires in life. Hmm. What they're thinking about in the morning when they get out of bed is what's the problem that they're going to face that day. Maybe it's, they don't have, they haven't met their sales quota for the month, or maybe it's that the business hasn't met its revenue numbers, or maybe it's, they go take a shower, they look in the mirror and they don't like what they see. And the problem is they have too much extra weight and that's the problem. And so what comes next in that is how are they feeling about the problem? Because as people who are selling a product, if we have a weight loss program, for example, we might want to get into the, what we think are the reasons why and what the problem is. And we think the problem is cardiovascular health, the risk of diabetes, the risk of cancer, the risk of pulmonary disorders. But the, the way the problem is felt by the person who has it is I don't like the way I look. I don't look like I did when I was 18. I, I want to be slender. I want people I want people of the opposite sex to take that second glance. You know, even if we're married, we don't mind if somebody takes a second glance at us and we think to ourselves, "Yeah, I look good." If we do. So the problem is how it's felt by the person, not how we perceive it or what we see perceive the problem to be. In other words, this is where this the phrase, we've all heard it before, you sell them what they want, mm-hmm. but you deliver what they need.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, th- that one right there. I uh, went through a specific time of grand idealism and, and really sabotaged the business to a degree with that, uh, trying to force in what they needed and not focusing first on what they wanted to get them to that point. And, and, and how you laid it out there, that, that people are tend to be, and I guess we could say it's, it's unfortunate, but yeah, we tend to wake up with problems in our minds much more than desire often. I, I guess that makes sense because we know as a motivator, statistically, people are more motivated by pain then desire they may have a desire to start a business that's what you know in, in the world that i've been in they want to start a business they want to start a business they like they long for that for so long and they never pull the trigger and then they get canned from their job and all of a sudden they're really motivated we <laughs> yes all, we talk the-
1: about getting motivated that'll do it for you that'll do
0: it for you so again but that's huge from a formula folks to listen to that and to look at your product look at your service and know that if you want to pique people's interest right off the bat look at what is the problem that you are helping desire. So that's number one in your formula. So pastor, that was P this is a, and it's amplify. Uh, so Ray says, he writes, the next step is to amplify the consequences of not solving the problem. This is really the key to making sales. And it's probably the most neglected step in the process. We're helping people see the cost of not solving their problem. It reminded me, Ray, of just talking with people as they're pursuing their personal development, business development, that when we talk about risk and we, we tend to naturally look at the risks of doing something new. If I go after that or if I go after this, what are the risks? We look at that and yet we don't conceptualize habitually the risks of remaining where we are. This sounded like a similar concept. Am I, am I tracking right But getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash
1: Kevin. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. absolutely before
0: Ray continues I want to mention ZipRecruiter who is a sponsor of this episode we have a lot of business owners in the Ziegler audience and if you own or run a business you have to hire and find quality team members do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates Posting your job in one place is not enough to find quality candidates. I know I've gone through the hassle. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once. And watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, Ziggler listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com free trial. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com dot.com/slash/free trial.
1: You know, people sometimes when I explain this concept to them, they'll say, well, I thought you didn't believe in selling by fear. And I don't, I don't mm. want to sell using fear as a tool of manipulation. But what I do want to do is do my what I feel is really my sacred duty to explain, well, here are the consequences of not solving the problem. If you don't solve the problem, these are the things that are going to happen. And it applies to any product or service. I haven't found a product or service yet that it does not apply to. Some may seem more serious than others. I I often get artists or authors who come to us and say, well, it doesn't apply to me. I, I make art. And I say, really, it doesn't apply. Well, isn't it true that if I don't have art in my life, that I have less beauty in my life, that I have less appreciation for the creation, that I have less feelings of wonder and amazement and appreciation of the craftsmanship of another human being that 's those those are huge losses if i don 't have those in my life, so isn 't it really costing me if i don 't have art in my life, so it applies to everything and then I like to flip the coin because i don 't like to stop with amplifying the consequences. I like to move to the next logical step, which is talking about their aspirations, hmm. what is it that they really want? the opposite of their problem if they're if they 're in a, a, you know a heck of a state, how do we get them into paradise what, what does paradise look like if the problem is solved? What does life look like if they have paid off all their debt, for instance. You know, Dave Ramsey does a great job of explaining to people, here's what's going to happen if you don't get out of that debt burden that you have. You, you, he says, I did stupid with zeros after it. And he describes what happened to him. And I love the way he's very, he's very conversational about it. He's very real about it. He describes the consequences, but then he quickly flips to talking about what are, what are your aspirations and what can you do once you're out from under the burden of not being slave to the lender anymore. And so we go from amplifying the consequences into talking about their aspirations, their goals, their dreams. This, this is where we can talk about their deep desire.
0: And that's what I heard as you talked there, Ray, that yeah, you're not amplifying fear, but in essence you're increasing and clarifying their motivation, uh, which is at the heart of all things Ziegler, of course. Well, there's your P and your A S for story and solution. Uh, So you wrote there, you said, once you have described the problem and amplified the consequences of not solving it, it's time to share the story of how the problem can be solved. And I like your caveat. You said it does need to be more than simply a description of what the solution is. Now, my first thought on there was, as I read, my, my mind jumped to testimonials, but then uh, that's, that's the next one. That's T in the next one. So this is story, and you differentiate that even from testimonial. Can you talk about that a little
1: bit? Yeah, the most powerful teaching tool ever created is the story. Jesus didn't give a lot of exegetical sermons. He told stories that we still tell to this day. They have, they have stuck with us through history. And, of course, he has the special ability that none of us have, to uh, make those things stick with us over time. Um, But the the power of storytelling, I believe, is hardwired into our brains. We know through functional MRIs, looking at how the brain functions, Mm -hmm. we've seen studies where they demonstrate that what happens when people are watching or listening to, even listening to, a story, the parts of our brain that deal with skepticism, logic, and left brain thinking, those parts of our brain go dark. They shut down. The parts of our brain that have to do with dreaming, with aspirations, with imagination, with visualizing, all those parts of the brain light up. So we step into a state of belief and we step out of a state of unbelief when we listen to a story. That's why they're so powerful. And we have to use this power responsibly, of course. We want to tell stories that are positive. They move people to positive action. And there's a bit of confusion. There are many people that I respect, and I've taught this myself in the past. I've said, you know, remember that you— are not the hero of the story. The customer is the hero of their story. So make sure you're not talking about, we're so great, we're so awesome, we've, we've got all the credentials, we've been doing this so many decades, we are, we are really hot stuff. Just If you don't believe us, just ask us, we'll tell you. That's making yourself the hero. But people get confused and they think, well, I can't tell stories about myself because that's making me the hero. No, because here's another truth about storytelling. Our story is the story of other people. And I love, I was listening to one of your recent episodes and there was a segment that Zig taught where he talked about, I'm going to tell you my story. And he even says, my story is your story. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the commonality of the human experience and why our stories are the same and how he's walked in every pair of shoes in the house. It's a great classic piece of Zig Ziglar teaching. Uh And I believe that wholeheartedly, that we tell stories that are related to the problem and ideally how we ourselves have solved it. So many of Zig's stories were about him overcoming his initial problems with selling and connecting with people and, and gaining success in that way. And whenever we, as, if we're salespeople or if we're learning how to sell, when we hear those stories, we're not thinking, well, Zig's just talking all about himself. We're thinking, yep, that's exactly what I've experienced. I've been through that too. He's telling my story right there. And so then we talk about the solution. How did we solve the problem? Ideally, it was a personal story of our own. How did I solve the problem of losing the weight or getting a better golf shot or building a business or having a better relationship or whatever it is that you're promoting and selling to people? And you describe the solution to the problem. And automatically, automatically, if people are listening to or reading or watching your presentation, they're putting themselves in that solution story as well. And they're imagining themselves experiencing the solution that your product or service provides. And that is magic. That's when the sale actually happens.
0: Okay. Yeah, story. You know, Tom, I got to give kudos to you. You were just here visiting uh, with me and my family for a couple days. And you not only do that on stage, which is why you're a sought after speaker, but you do it in your real life. And it is it was, it was really impacting to me because I tend to be a you know, kind of a to the point guy. And I have to talk about a discipline and a formula that I have to pay attention to is story, is story, is story. I don't know, Tom, if that's something that you picked up, uh, if that's naturally you. I, I Actually, I'm curious. Is that naturally you or is that learned?
2: I, I think it's uh, both. I, I love the story and. You know, my inquisitive brain, my intellectual engineer that I like to say uh, comes out. And, and I, I actually I studied for quite a while and I was trying to figure out how I could go and hear speakers that would motivate me and get me all fired up. And I have a whole notebook full of notes and I'd leave and I'd put that notebook in the back seat of the car. And then six months later, I'd see it and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was good stuff. I should have done it. Right. Yeah. We, we've all had that happen. And yet somebody like Zig Ziglar gets on stage and we get testimonial letters and emails every day still from people who listened and took action. Hmm. So so what was the difference between those two? And I was trying to figure it out. And and I read this book called The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. And he's a he's a neurology brain researcher guy And they did these studies, and what it is, it's identity. When you identify with the speaker, Mm -hmm. you take action. And they actually did this little thing, and, and they did this. This is a perfect example of it. They had this professor teach a high level of algebra in a classroom, a college classroom, and he said, this is a branch. It was, it was discovered by John Edwards, 1852, Edinburgh, Scotland. Then he taught the formula. And then at the end of the class, he passed out a test. And in the middle of the test was a bio of John Edwards. And half the class got the bio, John Edwards' birthday was the same as the student they handed it to. <laughs> the other half the class, the birthday was random. And they filmed it the students with the same birthday worked on the problems 30% longer. Wow. Nice. And so this is what I think when when you tell your story, when dad gets up and, and he would get in front of the room and he'd say, you know, and my dad died when I was five. I was raised by a single mom, the heart of the Great Depression. I went to work when I was six. I never did well in school. Everybody in the room is kind of like, Wow, I, I I didn't know it was that hard for him. And look at him now. Well, maybe if he can, I can, right? Yes. And so this is what this is what I believe is that whatever whatever somebody who has a story like that where they overcome, they have the before and the after. They were doing things wrong, and the new thing came in. I think that people try that solution thirty percent longer, which is just enough time to get results. Mm.
1: Yes. That's- right.
2: And so and so to me that kind of being raised on stories, maybe coming a little naturally, genetically, and then getting the logic side of my brain, like, yeah, yeah, that's the secret. And and we gotta remember this. The the answer isn't if Zig can, you can. The answer is you can because Zig could if you do what Zig did. Yes. yes. <laughs> so yeah, oh, that's it's fantastic. Got, yeah, the answer is that if he can, I can. The answer is if he can, I can, as long as I did what he did. And and so that's why if we're really in the life changing business, if our product or service or what we're suggesting really does change a life, then it then it's so worth it to just step back and say, how could my story yeah. be the ultimate reason why they would want to do what I did?
0: Well, hey, I want to. Think- I want to pull people's attention. Uh, show four thirty six uh, was with Paul Smith. We did an interview. His book is selling with a story. And as we're going through Ray's article here, we went through that book. Really powerful, and again, really convicting uh, to me in the being in the business world that I have got to stick to that formula of telling a story and my admission that it's not a natural thing for me, folks. So if it's not natural to you, I understand. And yet if we want to sell as Ray Edwards sells, we need to be true to story.
1: Absolutely true. And, you know, it's it's funny how many, I don't remember often the things that people have taught, the specifics of what they taught, but I usually almost always remember the stories that they tell. Yeah. Because we picture, we visualize, we put ourselves into those stories. Yeah. And Zig is the person through story that I learned for the first time that cows don't give milk.
2: <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> you got you to take every drop. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Well, T... Uh, next in pastors for transformation and to what I was referring to earlier or drawn to was testimony. And you said the next key step in writing your copy is to remember that wherever you're selling, whatever you're selling, whether it's a home study program, a book, a seminar, your consulting services, anything at all, what people are buying is not the stuff. It's the transformation, which, uh, Paul, yeah, again, something that I have to come back to. Am I, uh, are you basically saying we got to focus on. The results, not the product, not the service, but the results of that. Ray will flesh that question out after I make a call out to Princess Cruise Lines, who is another sponsor of this episode. According to a recent poll done by the Huffington Post, more than half of Americans took seven or fewer vacation days. Last year, which folks I understand, but we also know how vacation and time outside of the grind of your life, even if it's a great grind is so important in reducing stress, improving mental health and strengthening your relationships. So make this year different. Take some time for yourself with princess cruise lines amongst cruise lines. They were voted to have the best itineraries. Princess cruises are an easy, convenient way to travel and can take you wherever there's an ocean. So whether you're dreaming of whale watching in Juno or dancing the tango amidst the colorful streets of Buenos Aires, there's a destination for you. Right now, they are having the Princess Cruise Anniversary Sale and you can get up to $600 in free onboard spending money that you can use to sip wines you can't pronounce or go cage diving or unwind at the Lotus Spa. It's a prime time to take your next vacation on a princess cruise. So visit princess.com slash Ziggler for more details. Now, again, that's princess.com slash Ziggler.
1: Yes. And we, we have to focus on the results in the way that's meaningful to the person that we're speaking to. So, you know, nobody wakes up in the morning. Think about the example I give in the article is the P90X exercise program. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, gosh, I hope that today somebody will sell me a pile of DVDs and workout charts and nutritional guidelines. And I'd love that if that happened. And a lot of that's pain,
0: something. a lot of pain.
1: Exactly. But what they are thinking is I'd love to be fit and trim and have those six pack abs and look the healthiest and be in the best shape I've ever been in my life. I would love the way that would make me feel. So that's what we're after is that what does the transfer, how does the transformation make the person feel? And then how do we prove that the transformation works? We do it through the power of testimony. And that's having people other than us say that it worked. I mean, we're going to, obviously we think our solution works, but if you look at those infomercials to go back to those, as an example, the P90X commercial is about 70% testimonials. That's not by accident. It's proven that when you use that ratio, 70 to 80% testimonial versus selling, then people tend to believe and it it helps fan the flames of their desire and it helps put down the flames of skepticism Mm -hmm. because they see, well, other people, it's working for them, so surely it'll work for me because they see person after person after person. And back to your point, Tom, about making it fit the person to whom you're speaking exactly, if you To use P90X one more time, look at the different people in those commercials. There's a body type and an age range to fit every possible person who's watching the commercial because what we're looking for in those commercials is somebody who looks like me. Look, that guy looks like me right now, and look how he looks 90 days later. I'm getting this because I want to look like that, and I know I can because he could do it. All I have to do, as you pointed out, Tom, is do what he did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, so part of this testimonial, still sticking on that, you actually had another part in there that I want to pull out and include because here in the Ziegler audience, we have so many people who do want to influence others, so many who are going through courses like ZLC, Ziegler Legacy Certification, so they can lead others. Uh, So on that note, you said you say there are three questions people are asking when you sell them specifically coaching, consulting or instruction about anything. And you said the questions are number one, has this person been able to do what they are describing for themselves? Number two, has this person been able to teach other people to achieve the results they're describing? And number three, will this person be able to teach me how to achieve these results? In some of my past work helping people pursue self-employment, so many people were impacted by coaches, by consultants, uh, and they really wanted to do that, had a passion to do that, and literally had people this – was, this was said more than once uh, on, on an issue like career coaching. I, I want to be a career coach because I know what it's like to have a job that you hate. I hate my current job. I thought, you know, that's not a great uh, aspect of credibility, yet you're going to have to overcome that and have a story. So uh, obviously, you're speaking directly to that. If you want to fill that out a little bit more, because yeah, coaching, consulting, uh, there's a high percentage right here in the audience who are doing that. So you're telling them they need to be able to, in essence, prove these three things, correct?
1: Well, yes. And most people, in my experience, get stuck with just proving that they've done it for themselves or explaining that they've done it for themselves the more advanced person will share stories either their, through their own voice or through the voice of others that they've done it for others as well. But they miss the key, the third one, which is convincing the person, letting them know for reasons that they believe that you can do it for them. Because if they don't believe that, they may believe, yeah, uh, he, you know, Tom can do it because he he's Zig's son, so he has that advantage. And he can teach other people how to do it because they worked with him personally, but can he teach me how to do it? I don't know. And so you've got to be able to make that connection so that people believe they have that spark that says, yes, because he's done it for other people like me, people at my level. He understands my situation, my problem, how I experienced my problem. He can teach me how to do it as well. And if I believe that, then I'm ready to invest in what you have to offer.
0: Which in essence is bringing us back up to the top of pastor telling the problem Uh, you know, emphasizing that. So uh, I I hear that. That's just something that we, so folks, you guys out there who are coaching, uh, consulting, pursuing that, that is, that's a huge part in selling your story, selling yourself. And I think that that's one of the things when I have people now who are interested in coaching, consulting, I I feel that's where I come back and highlight to say, this is one of the areas, if you're selling a widget, you can put a lot of focus on that widget. You're selling coaching or consulting, you are selling yourself yourself. And there's some big dynamics you need to, uh, be true to, to be successful.
2: So let me get a little coaching here from you, Ray, because in our, in our certification program, people say, uh, I'm thinking about doing this. Do you think it's a fit for me? Mm. And this is early on. And I don't know if it's a fit. I mean, let's be honest. I I would like for, for everybody to come in except for the ones it's not a fit for (laughs) because yes, right. If it's not a fit for both of us, then it's not a good relationship. And so I I give them what I call my, my triangle of success. And one leg of the triangle is just their track record of success. Hey, tell me what you've done well. And tell me who... What are they asking for? You know, what, how do you help them? Because ours is, our certification is about, is about coaching. We, we are even, uh, you know, we, we call them almost internally. We call them ambassadors of the Ziegler way of life. You know, they're a Ziegler ambassador. And so we equip them to go change other lives. And so they need to have some track record of already having that. And then the second leg of the triangle that I ask them is what problem do you want to solve? Because when they are when they're laser focused, oh, you know, this is where I see myself going. I'm always helping people in this area. Yes, right. This is they ask me relationship problems or how to run a business problems or you know it could be a thousand different problems. It doesn't matter what problem. And, and the reason I do those two legs is I say we got to start with where we've had success first and let them know the new problem that we're solving because they're going to lead us to the next thing. And then then the third leg here of this triangle is it's what Ziggler's all about. It's about the brand and the materials. And is that brand and material in the the information and what we teach you to do, does that bring everything together? Does it bridge between your track record of success and the problem that you want to solve? Because if it does we can equip you and show you how to do this. It's, it's, it's a system. It's, we don't have to wonder, will it work? We know it works because we've got tens of thousands of people out there, hundreds of thousands whose lives are changed because of the material. And so that's, I call it the triangle. And so I'm just wondering, is that pretty close to what you were just saying about the three questions?
1: Absolutely. And we, we have similar language that when people ask us that question, I love that question is, how do I don't know if this is a good fit? Cause what they're really saying is I believe this is something I want. Can you give me some more reasons to want it? Can you mm-hmm. confirm it? And I love to, I love to invite them into the process and say, well, I'm not sure. I don't really know. Let's discover together the answer to that question. And we have questions that we'll ask. And especially if you're in the business of enrolling people in something like this program that you're talking about, the certification, I mean, you really do mean it. You, you want to make sure it's a good fit. You don't want someone as an ambassador of the Ziegler way of life who's a poor ambassador. That's the last thing you want. So you're going to be careful to make sure it's a good fit. And I I think when we have that kind of approach, which we do with many of our copywriting training programs, we have to mean it. Sometimes this sort of language is used as a manipulation tool where people say, well, you have to, we have to see if it's a good fit. And what they really mean is we have to see if you have enough room on your credit card for us to sell this to you. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not the criteria. You have to really have criteria and, if you are being honest and you're being straight with people and you're going to the deepest level, well, how do I really know if it's a good fit for people? How, how do I know who's the best kind of person this works for? And you communicate that to them. They see themselves in that picture and they, they identify it for themselves and they say, yes, this is a good fit for me. I'm in.
2: Got it. Yeah, I do. I, I talk people out of it regularly.
1: Yes. And the people you talk out of it should be talked out of it. Absolutely. That's, that's integrity
0: zero or zero. How about O uh, for pastor? Pastors. O is for offer. And you write this again, so poignant. So far you, you, you wrote, you have defined the problem, clarified the cost of not solving it, told the story of the solution and helped your reader visualize the transformation through testimonials from others, just like themselves. Now is the time to describe exactly what you are offering for sale. This is a section of your copy where you lay out your offer. You can even create a subheading for the section called something clever. Like here's exactly what you get. And you said, make certain that you focus 80% of your copy on the transformation itself. That right there is uh, 80%. That's that's a significant statement and talk about a formula. I don't see that done well often. Uh, tell us more about that. that that's a big, all that and you actually go on to say 20% is, uh, you know, is, is the deliverables. 80% is a transformation. That's, that's a big formula.
1: People want to get focused on the stuff, you know, the box of stuff they're going to send you the 18 hours of videos or the 500 yeah. page workbook or the five day workshop. They, they want to focus on the mechanics and the pieces that they deliver to you because they think that's what people value, but that's not what people value. I mean if I had the cure for cancer and I could write it on one sheet of paper how much would that be worth it's it's an infinite value so it's not about the amount of stuff we give to people okay. now you do there there does come a point guys when you have to tell people well this is exactly what we're selling you this is the stuff that you're going to get because people <laughs> believe it or not they do want to know that information yeah. but i think it's important that we remember that even when we're talking about the deliverables the stuff we're selling the the potions, the lotions, the the training, the the course, the, the coaching service, whatever it is. What people are really buying is the transformation. So we show them the vehicle and then we show them the destination and we focus on the destination most of all. We let them know there is a vehicle that's going to get them there and we want them to be able to rely on it and feel that it's trustworthy. But we don't want to get the vehicle and the destination confused because what people are buying is the outcome, the destination, the transformation.
0: Well, so you further that even in saying in the 20% of the copy, the copywriting that is on the deliverables, even there to remember to describe the deliverables in the offer section, when you do that, you must keep tying them back again to the transformation and the benefits your buyers will receive. I mean, that is a strong thread to continue through your copy. So I was curious, obviously, this is what you deal with. Every day in your own business and working with so many people in their businesses, do you continually see even the, even the big brands that still miss this concept? I, and I was thinking, obviously, it happened recently. You know, even in the Super Bowl, I'm betting that if you watch that, if you saw the commercials or, or some of the big ones, that even in the millions of dollars, that that is still violated much to the uh, companies. Uh, you know
1: that, That's bad. Especially... In Super Bowl ads do not get me started on Super Bowl ads. Oh, I want to hear <laughs> come on, I bet you can describe you can tell me about your favorite Super Bowl ads, and at least a third of the ones that you described to me i 'll ask you when, after you tell me how funny it was i 'll ask you well, what company was that for and your answer will be um, mm. i don 't know mm. i don 't remember that. I remember the cute monkeys or whatever, but i don 't remember what it was about, so that is where they have uns- they 've not succeeded in tying the benefit with the entertainment value or what's interesting about the copy so you know and the biggest brands do this and i have to remind myself of this every time we write copy as well because we're tempted by the time we get to this point in the copy we've written a lot we've crafted a lot of language so we're tempted to just say well what we're selling you is eight dvds and they each contain a 45 minute workout session that's a deliverable that is not a benefit So instead, I would recommend writing something like eight DVDs that each contain a body-sculpting, fat-burning, transformational workout that will help you craft the lean muscle you really want and cause the fat to melt away like butter. Well, most of that language is about the transformation, even of that DVD, the power of transformation contained just in that one component of deliverable. So you've always got to be relating everything you write has to be in the best interest and in the Area of interest of the person to whom you're writing, and they're not interested in how many DVDs you're giving them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we in the corporate world and, and our company has a history, a long history of doing huge corporate sales training. And one of the things that we'll ask all the salespeople in the world, and these are salespeople who've been in sales for 20 plus years, they've been through the courses. You know, we're the brand of the year sometimes coming in and doing the sales training, and we'll have them draw a sheet, a line down the middle of the page. And on the left hand side, we'll have them write, What do you sell? And on the right hand side, we'll say, What does your customer buy? (laughs) And they don't match. (laughs) Whoops. I know. You know, what do we sell? Oh, you know, we sell alarm systems and reoccurring billing. What do they buy? Uh, Peace of mind and a good night's sleep. Well, we'll don't sell alarm systems and, in reoccurring billing anymore.
1: (laughs) That's beautiful. Yes,
2: it's it's simple, but it's, it's violated at every level. Yeah.
0: Well, so last we end here with R is for response. And again, I'm going to read an excerpt here. You said, this is one of the areas where copy and I want folks to listen to, to raise wording here where copy tends to often be the weakest. The response request, we're asking the customer to buy. At this point, you should not be shy about making this request. You should tell the customer exactly what to do in order to get your program, your consulting, your book, et cetera. You should remind them why it's important to do so, and and I'm, I'm... taking out some excerpts here because you shared some examples, but you said some people shy away from strong language like this. But the fact is, if you truly believe that you have a solution that will solve a problem for people, why on earth would you not be as direct as possible in telling them how to get that solution? In fact, aren't you doing them a disservice by not making the strongest case possible? Well, you just gave a great outline to one of my personal favorite Ziegler quotes. I just put it on a website recently where he says, if you believe your product or service can fulfill a true need. It's your moral obligation to sell it. And I hear you saying that, uh, loud and clear. I love the way that you put it. My question to you here is where do you, or, or how do you see people often violating this? Like what's a common If it's a webpage copy or an advertising copy, what are some ways where you, you've seen it a hundred times where they, they have some, uh, vanilla or, 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 or lame or weak, uh, Uh, response offer here that uh, just, just what's a common one one that we can start getting our eyes attuned to going, Oh yeah, that's a bad one. That's a bad one. And as we look towards a good one,
1: there are three common mistakes that I see people make. The first one is they have a weak. This is the call to action. This is asking people to buy. I mean, in face-to-face selling, we all know, well, maybe we don't all know, but we should know that the weakest part for most salespeople is the part where they actually close the sale. They actually ask the person to buy that's where they become intimidated. They're afraid of rejection or whatever their fear is. And they, some people refer to this as selling from your heels. In other words, you're backing up. You're kind of Mm. saying, well, you, you wouldn't want to buy this, would you? Maybe. Well, that's not the place where you want to be weak and you want to be, uh, double-minded, you know, kind of like, well, I want to sell it, but then I don't, I don't really know if you want to buy it. So I'm afraid to ask you for it. So that's one area is making a weak call to action. The second area of doing it is making it difficult, especially online, making it difficult to find the call to action. Mm-hmm. Believe it or mm-hmm. not. I mean, I've, I was looking at a product online last night that I wanted to buy and I had scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and I had to search through the website to find the actual yeah. stupid button that I could click on to actually buy the thing. And I'm like, you know, probably 80% of websites could benefit from just putting a buy button up at the top of the page. that says buy now yeah. because people are, there's some reason that people have this, this dissonance that they, are afraid or ashamed to sell. And I mean, I know this is one of the core teachings that Zig embodied, and I, I think it's in my DNA because it was transmitted to me by him because I heard him say these kinds of things so many times. You know, if you believe in something, why on earth would you not make the strongest case possible? You're, you're cheating people if you don't. And so I think that there, there are so many different ways to weaken this, and what you want to do is step into it, take ownership of it, be proud of what you're selling, be proud of the solution Be proud of what you're doing for people, how you're serving them by getting them to buy this product and invest in something that's going to make their lives, their family, their business, their home safer, that's going to ensure their health. Whatever it is that you're offering to people, the coaching that you're going to bring them to help improve the quality of their life, you must believe in it and you need to own that belief. And don't be bashful about it. Be brave. What would it be like if a brave, courageous, convicted person said the things that you're about to say? It would probably be different than what you're about to say beforehand.
0: Well, we don't want to do a disservice to our audience by not letting them dig in further, because so many folks I, I, it's a dr- dramatic, uh, again, percentage of our audience here who has something to sell. They're directly, uh, directly connected to the sales process and their business and their company. Uh, and this is uh, something that I think we all need some, some big education in. So it, it, folks, and uh, we got a custom link here from Ray. It's Ray edwards.com slash zig. If you will go there and you've got, again, check out the information that he's got on the other, there's some other significant product services areas that you can get involved with him. But on this one of copywriting, you've got some specific offerings. Will you just give us a a quick directive on where to go in your website and uh, to get into this a little bit more?
1: Absolutely. Just go to the link that you mentioned, RayEdwards.com forward slash Zig. And for you, we've set up a page where you'll be able to get a few very useful items. Number one is we have a video mini course that we're going to give you. It's a three-part video course about how to craft messages that sell. And uh, just to let you know up front that we, uh, we do offer a larger training on this subject. So that'll be made available to you after the mini course. But I want you to understand, you don't have to spend a penny or invest a penny to benefit from the free course. Why are we doing that? It's not because I don't believe in capitalism. It's because I believe in giving before receiving. It's, you know, I don't want to sit in front of a fireplace and say, well, you give me some heat first and then I'll give you some wood. I want to give you the fuel so you can build a fire first and you can see the benefits for yourself. And we also have something that a lot of people have found intriguing. It's, it's a little ebook called the $2 billion sales letter you've probably never heard of. This is a two-page sales letter that over the decades has created $2 billion in sales. And you've probably never heard of it in that context. Although, once I reveal in the ebook what it is, you probably will have seen it. You probably have read it. You maybe even have purchased the product that it talks about. It's not a product of mine. It's something else. But it will be very useful to you, I think, in your own endeavors to sell more ethically, more powerfully, and more persuasively without being sleazy or pushy or manipulative.
0: OK. All right. So, yeah. folks, go ahead, Tom.
1: Oh,
2: I, lo- I love it. And it and it just uh just to, to tie a, uh, a bow on this early in dad's career, before anybody knew who he was, uh, he was in the men's room and two guys were talking about him. And one of them said, hey, have you ever heard the Zig Ziglar guy? And the other one said no. And the first one said, oh, he's really funny. He's got this this old boy down home character and he tells all these jokes and everything else. And uh, so dad overheard that. They never knew he was there. And he made a decision that day. He decided that he didn't want to be known as the funny speaker. He wanted to be known as the life changing speaker. Wow. So he literally changed his presentation so that humor added to the main point, which was life change. So fast forward, uh, we were at an event. There was about 3,000 people in the room and dad was on stage and he, at the end, he sells his product. Well, we had two or three people come to the back and complain about him selling product from the front of the room. So I went to dad because I was kind of new at this time. I hadn't seen that. And dad just grinned from side to side. And he said, son, if we don't at least get a couple of complaints, we hadn't really done our job. (laughs) Because we're in the life-changing business. And as good as my talk is, if that's all you get, nothing's going to change. And so I love having people who come on uh, the Ziegler Show podcast, and they give real value and tools. I mean, if if you're a manager and you've got to convince your team to go in the direction you want to go, the pastor formula is going to work for you. If you're a small business owner and you've got to – you know, generate more revenue, the pastor formula is going to work for you. So I appreciate you being on Ray and showing us how we can sell with conviction and integrity uh, that'll change lives because we all have passion about what we do and we need to share that passion with others. And for whatever reason, we just hesitate. So I appreciate the permission to go make it happen. Uh,
1: thank you. It's been my pleasure and my honor.
0: Oh, yes. Thank you so much. And again, as I mentioned in the intro, folks, uh, especially now, Ray has a pedigree of working with so many companies across the board, so many people. uh, But go to, again, RayEdwards.com slash ziggler, and I'd ask you, especially those of you who Of our Christian flock here in the audience, click on his About page and read through the top of that. I think you'll get excited and inspired and want to engage with him even more. Uh, Ray, thank you, brother, so much. Tom, always an honor to do this with you. And folks, thanks for tuning into The Ziegler Show and letting us all walk together as we inspire our true performance.